Hey everyone, today Galatians chapter 3, part 4. I think it's good to remember as we get into this, uh, the importance of what Paul is doing in this letter. Um, every chapter has been focused on one thing, that is the good news. Uh, Jesus, right? The cross. Uh, righteousness through faith in what he did and not our own deeds. All these things. And as he continues the letter, Paul is still helping the Galatians sort out where they have gone wrong. Early on, uh, Paul began giving examples of how Satan tried to trick him even and those with him, including Barnabas and Peter. And he says how Satan has bewitched the churches in Galatia. It's like their mindset has drifted back to the old ways of thinking. So Paul is still cementing and tightening up his case so the Galatians will have no doubt whatsoever about their security in Christ and Christ alone. So in the past session, Paul had been making some distinctions between finding righteousness from keeping God's law and righteousness that comes through having faith in God's Son. So we learned that taking the path of the law is, is really a bad choice, right? It's an impossible choice for broken, sinful people, which is the only kind there is. Uh, the path of the law is guaranteed to fail. And today Paul tells us how God's promise of righteousness through faith is rock solid. It's a guaranteed, trustworthy, contractual promise with the creator of the universe, and we can fully rest in it. So let's get to it. Galatians 3.15, beginning there through 18. Paul is speaking. To give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, that's plural, by the way, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean, the law which came 430 years afterward does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise. But God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Alright, so um, 430 years before God gave Moses and the children of Israel his law, he'd already guaranteed Abraham with his word that through his son, Isaac, yes, Isaac was the miracle child, right? The child of promise for Abraham and Sarah in their old age. Um, but he would be only the first descendant in a long line that would lead to a specific offspring. Again, through one of Abraham's offspring, all nations of the world would be blessed, and the promise would be set in motion with Isaac. Abraham may not have understood the full ramifications of that, but 
He believed God, and he rested in God's word with faith. <clears throat> so this promise to Abraham, held secure by God's word, which is how people from every nation, tribe, tongue, across the globe that would find righteousness before God through faith in, in this promised one. Um, he's the same offspring of the woman in Genesis. We've talked about that before, Genesis 3, and the same descendant that was later promised to, to David and Solomon and others, leading all the way to Jesus. Again, Paul here is saying there's these two paths to righteousness and and Paul keeps going over it for a, a good purpose so that the Galatians and we might be secure in Christ we are either to walk the impossible path of self-motivation from a pure sinless heart our whole life long and then be declared righteous on judgment day or we will place our faith in the Messiah who came and kept God's law perfectly and who places his righteousness in our bankrupt account. It's either the law or faith in the Messiah, in Jesus. The path of faith not only gives um, us Jesus' righteousness, but it also begins to, to motivate us to keep God's law from the heart practically, the way he desires. And that's the way that we try to do on our own when we're following the path of the law, but we can't do it without His Holy Spirit working in our lives. And so He begins to, to, to work that out in our life as we grow in Him. And the path of the law, well, I mean, it's uh, full of all kind of warning signs. You're going to see these signposts. Danger, turn back now, attention, Everyone with a bent heart, if you continue this path, death awaits you, right? Run to the path of faith. Faith in Abraham's offspring. He is your only hope. So that's what the law says. It says, remember the promise to Abraham before the law. The law has come to show you that you need the righteousness of the coming Messiah. So... The, the signposts on the path of the law do not say, you can do it, you can do it, believe in yourself. Instead, it points us to, to faith in the one who did it for us. But what, per se, if we have already begun to follow the path of faith? Well, then we are not... <laughs> to variably change direction and switch roads. I mean, doing so would indicate that we never really saw Jesus as the, the awesome treasure that he is, um, as, as the one who fulfilled the law for us in our stead. If we switch back to relying on self, it's like we think that the path of faith is just not worth pursuing all the way to the end. But this seems to be what many of the Galatians were doing. They had been bewitched and tricked by Satan to go back to relying on self, uh, to sustain the righteousness that they found in Christ. So I, I think that Paul wanted them and us to, to just get this point. 
Jesus is our righteousness, not only at our salvation's conception, but in every breath we take afterwards. And even in, in all our sin, we still run back to the cross uh, because Jesus was paid the wages for our sin. So also, if we are truly a believer, straying from the path um, would actually lead us from the joy of the new life in Christ and a ton of other blessings that comes uh, because of what Jesus did for us. And it would also include the discipline uh, of the Lord, possibly severe, if you are a believer, because he, he wants to prod us back to the path of life. Hebrews 12, 6, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. All right, so um, Paul just keeps uh, pounding this in from different angles because he wants it, I think, internalized into our hearts. Uh, Let's look at verses 19 and 20 in Galatians 3. Paul says, Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now, an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. So the law was delivered and put in place through angels by an intermediary. Um, uh, That goes along, I think, with Acts 7.53. You who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. So I don't want us to like get confused about the angel part or, or, or take that track right now. We can look at that maybe at another time. What I'd like for us to see here is that the law is officially from God. Um, and it's not to be taken lightly. It's been delivered, witnessed, ratified, um, filed properly. Um, Everything is in order. There are no loopholes. It's on the books, and we will be held 100% accountable to it. So, So concerning this the heaviness of the law and the fact that we haven't kept it, and we're going to have to be held accountable, and then... Also considering the other path, the path of faith because of the Messiah and all he has done for us on the cross. To just think through all those things together, I think we find Hebrews 2 uh, verses 1 through 3 telling us how to handle all of this as believers. Here's what it says, Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? So (laughs) we see all the parts together there. I mean, the law and the transgression and the, the retribution that comes from our failures. And then we also see this great gift of grace in Jesus Christ, uh, the path of faith. Uh, how can we escape if we neglect 
this great gift that God has given us. So that's why the, the Galatians and we should pay close attention to which past life we, we follow in our lives. And, and even after our salvation, Satan keeps on trying to push the old mindset back into our way of thinking. So, so let me read part of verse 19 again. Uh, why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. So until the, the promised offspring arrived, um, God's written law showed the people truths about following God that uh, he would later internalize in their hearts with the Holy Spirit after the, the offspring, the Messiah, had come. So they were waiting on Jesus until Jesus arrived. Um, they had the law to guide them. So uh, God's people were to be guided by his law until this, uh, the perfect mediator, the offspring, Jesus, the Messiah, arrived. And, and it was their faith that motivated them to obey this written law. And when they failed, which we all do, they did, we do, uh, again, by faith, they offered the sacrifices stipulated in that law that was until Jesus came. So, you see, although the law was involved, like us, they couldn't keep it. Um, and like us, they were saved through faith. But looking forward to what the law pointed to, uh, faith was still the path that they walked under the Old Covenant. But they were guided by the law. So the law with them was uh, a temporary mediator that pointed to Jesus, who kept the law in our stead and was the perfect sacrifice for our sin. Um, and that's what John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus coming toward him. John 1.29, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So the law is the old covenant no one fully kept. But it points us to God's promise of hope in Jesus in the new covenant. He's the only sacrifice that can take away our sin. But still, all are saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. All right. Well, uh, let's call it a, a day on this. Um, I'll close with a poem here. So in closing today, I'll say it again. The law has no clause to remove our sin. We can't outweigh the bad with good and then say we've always done what we should. Good deeds contaminated, impure, and sin-ridden, not spirit-motivated, awakened, and quickened, or accounted as dung, rubbish, and muck, soon to be hauled to the dump in a garbage truck. <laughs> There's another kind of law through Jesus Christ, Romans 8, 2. It's the spirit of life. It sets you free from the law of sin, from death to new life uh, that's born again. Father God, thank you for your word today, Father. Thank you for um, opening our eyes up more to the, the beauty of, of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Father God, you're wonderful, Lord. Uh, thank you for your word. 
Thank you for the law, Lord, that, that shows us that we need you and need your righteousness. The law that points us back to the promise that was made to Abraham um, about the offspring, uh, Jesus Christ, Father. In him, all nations of the world would be blessed, Lord. And uh, please keep showing us more beauty about uh, what Jesus has done on the cross for us, Lord. Help us to delight in you today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.